Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we're so glad he's made a way so we can go in the rapture. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. Here's the announcement of a lion, but he sees a lamb having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. I mean, like to be remembered tonight as we pray. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads in the presence of the great King. Lord, we count it such an honor that we can be gathered together in this place tonight. We've not come just because it's a Wednesday night to have a protractive meeting, to fulfill some sort of ritual or form but we've come to hear from heaven we've come to feast at your table we've come not only to receive but give back to our husband we've come to minister to you praise hallelujahs glories honors because you are worthy father god we love you with all of our hearts We're asking tonight for your great benevolence that you would speak to us from your word and help us. Enlighten us, Lord Jesus, with those things which are, which those things which have already been and those things which are yet to come. May we be benefited by our gathering tonight, Lord, that we won't leave this place and say, well, I wish I'd just stayed at the house. But may we leave here and say, Did not our hearts burn within us as you talked to us along the way? Heavenly Father, you see this prayer cross that I have in my hand for our sister, Lord, that has contacted the brothers and needs this, Lord. Dear God, you know all about this sister and her needs and her family situation. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. This anxiety and depression, I speak to that devil tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. And I say you are a defeated foe, Satan. Take your hand off of our sister in the name of Jesus. May your anointing go with this cloth, Father. When she receives it in the mail, may she apply it to her body. May there be instantaneous deliverance by the power of God. We commit the service to you tonight, Father. We wait upon you in Jesus' name. And the saint said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hold your Bible there. Open, if you would, to 
verse 9. Now reading down through verse 8, as I've already quoted it to you, where the prophet said that what we just read is the most sublime thing in the scriptures. It is something that has been very much misunderstood, very much misinterpreted by theologians and men of great education and understanding. This is why we needed a prophet. We didn't need another Bible commentator. We didn't need another man to come and give us another version, but we needed a prophet that had thus saith the Lord to be able to point us back into the scripture. Now listen, when the lamb actually takes the book, what happens? This is so profound that when he takes the book, that something begins to let loose in heaven. And they sung a new song. Now when the lamb takes the book and begins to claim his inheritance, his possession, which he has already bought, these beings in heaven. Now remember, we have several categories of beings that John has seen in the vision. We see in the eighth verse, eighth verse there, the four beasts, the four and twenty elders. So we have cherubims, seraphims, zooms. We have glorified human bodies. The elders never, never are pertaining to angelic host, but redeemed human beings. And here these different categories are there before the throne of God. And notice what they start doing. And they sung a new song. And listen at their song. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain. Now listen who's singing though. Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. It's not actually angels that are doing the singing because there is no redemption for angels. Once an angel falls, he can never be redeemed. So those that were in the presence of God, this is the Hebrew word Shekinah, what we call the Shekinah, the English way of pronouncing it. They are now themselves before the throne of God. And when the lamb is taking the book to claim his inheritance, then it brings a change around the heavenly throne. And these redeemed human beings start singing a song of praise to the lamb. Now the angels are there, the cherubims are there, the seraphims are there, but whoever it is singing this song, they are singing about redemption. Well, you believe what you want to believe, I believe I'm one of them. Notice what they said, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us, redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Now remember, everybody in the world today is getting under the influence of a spirit. 
There's two great heads that are fighting for the domain of man's heart. And we know that the world order called the cosmos has been under the direction and the order of Satan for several thousand years now. Through different kings, he's been able to bring himself to a spot on the earth of dominance. And we know for whatever reason that God would let him excel to a certain place in time and then he would lose part of that position. We know that's why Ezekiel 28 is so profound because the Spirit of God moved upon Ezekiel and he prophesied and he said, Son of man, take up a lamentation against the king of Tyrus. Thou hast been in the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, the topaz, the carbuncle. Thou wast perfect in all thy works in the day that thou wast created until iniquity was found in thee. Now this is actually a king on the earth and this king has so lined his own objectives and motives to where they line up with Satan's motives himself. So God could speak to this natural king on the earth, but he was actually speaking to the devil, which was now dominating this man's life. Wouldn't it be a terrible thing for your desires to be so in harmony with God? Don't you understand why the Lord Jesus turned around whenever Peter said, far be these things from me, and the Lord Jesus turned around and looked at him and said, Satan, get behind me. Now, you know why I done that? Peter was not the devil, but Peter had so aligned his motives, his objectives out of the will of God that the Lord God could speak to him and address him as Satan. Oh my. But yet the predestinated soul in him was not Satan. You understand? I imagine there's been a lot of times in my life that the Lord could have looked at me and said the same thing. I'll go ahead and say it for the rest of y'all because I don't see no wings on nobody here tonight. I'd say probably a lot of the rest of us, he could have said the same thing about us. But I'm so glad that his mercy don't leave us in that devil spot that we get into. I guarantee you some of us have had the kind of attitude that we was acting more like the devil in his kingdom than we was the kingdom of God. But yet we know then that God would let Satan rise to that plateau and then it would come back again. It's as if though that God would let him come to this time in different slots of time. And we know under the emperors of Rome, it would come from one to the other to the other. And they would rise up and bring great tribulation and persecution against the saints. And then the Bible says that there was rest among the churches. And much of it had to do with a man that was on the throne. So we can see that the mechanics, now listen to me carefully, what we see going on a lot out here in the political world, in the religious world, is the mechanics of the kingdom of Satan that are moving together, waiting for the dynamics, which will be the head himself. You see, he only has 1,260 days once the bride goes up. So he doesn't have a lot of time to get the mechanics together. Under the dispensation of grace, which is where we are now, Satan is allowed by the divine providence of God to be able to work a certain element of his mechanics and bring them together. The bride cannot be here when the dynamics comes down, the dynamics of Satan's kingdom, and at the same time, God has been building the mechanics of his bride, waiting 
waiting for what? What are we waiting for tonight? The dynamics, the baptism, a refilling of the Holy Ghost, which will take us off the earth. Is that what he said? So what are we doing? We're going to church. And it's, ah, that's churchanity. No, it's you getting your mechanics lined out. You see, those who stay at home, they don't think they need to live right, do this and that and the other, and they're waiting one day for some type of magical something to happen to them. They'll never be a part of the rapture, no way. Because Enoch was not that type of a guy. Enoch walked with God. What was it? Got his mechanics in a row. And then he waited for that dynamical power of God to strike him on that rapture day. And that's the way the bride is doing now. So the bride does right, lives right, talks right, does everything right. What is that? Mechanics. But we're not the only one getting mechanics ready. The politics of the world are getting their mechanics ready. Russia, recognizing your Danis message in 1964, the prophet tells us that Russia, he said up to so many years ago, well he said it was a bunch of Siberians, a bunch of ignoramuses he called them. He said, but they realized that they had some brains too. Now they've come to a spot to where, look at what they're doing. And they're not bombing us directly yet, but because of what they're doing, they're going to influence wheat all over the world in Africa. We've already been having to buy wheat for some of our brothers and sisters because there's already a shortage there. Because Ukraine surprised a lot of the grain to the world. And what are they doing? Moving in all of their power. I already told you that Russia's done designed them a super stealth bomber and they've got hypersonic ballistic missiles that can fire faster than anything that we have. And they've named this super stealth bomber what? The messenger. And one day the messenger will deliver to America what? The bomb that will annihilate her. To fulfill the seventh vision that God's prophet saw. Is that right? But it won't happen all at one time. When the dynamics, when Satan himself comes down, the mechanics are coming together now. And it may look like that Russia, oh, the Ukraine has done this and that and the other. Don't you never worry. Prophecy will never fail. But watch, whenever God was going to do this now on the earth, it was not that the kingdoms that were on the earth were running at will. God has always had a chain as it was on Satan. And Satan, even under the dispensation of grace, can only go so far. Any of you that's ever been to a junkyard, some of you sisters probably ain't never been to one, but one of the things that they had around a junkyard, and you know, some of them still do, they would have some pretty bad dogs at night. Now, Brother Charlie Cox used to have a, a little small wrecking yard of a thing, and he gave me a dog that he used to have, and that dog was a German police dog, and he was a pretty bad dog. But yet, around people, you know, he was perfectly fine until the sun went down. Now, at dark, that old boy changed his attitude because it's like he went into night shift mode. Now, during day shift, he'd just pile around, lay around, you know, and you'd think nothing in the world, but at night, anybody would come near our little old trailer we lived out there in Kentucky, boy, that old boy, the pharaoh would stand up on the back of his neck and it was because he was there. So what did I have to do? I would have to put him on a chain. But the devil is on a chain as well. Now it may seem to you he's free at will to roam wherever he wants to roam. But he can only go so far and only do so much against you, me, whoever it is. Is that right? Don't you know if he could destroy children of God at will, there wouldn't be one of us here tonight. We'd never want to be dead as four o'clock. 
but the devil can only do what the providence of God will allow him to do, which will turn right around and make us closer to God when he gets done doing it. Dumb devil. I said dumb devil. And yet the kingdom of heaven is also in the earth being established. But it will not reach its fulfillment until the Lord calls his people away. Now this is the setting, of course, that we're seeing in Revelation 5. Remember when the Lamb takes the book, that there is a dimensional vision of this that John sees. When John sees it, he's carried up into the fourth dimension beyond the curtain of time, and he sees that which was, which is to coming to pass then, and that which is in the future. So there was a visionary form of this that he saw, and then there was the form that took place in 1963. And this is where some of the brothers, they took the quotes and they put it together and they made it sound like, because they were convinced they were right, that after 63, nobody else got saved. But if they would have read a little bit farther, they would have realized the prophet said, what about when this is fulfilled in its reality form? Now the reality form will be when the last member of the bride whose name is on that book is called off the book and finished. Then the Lord takes his people. Then that's where the fulfillment of Christ the mystery of God revealed that the prophet said he comes to take that book and everything that's written in that book is the believers because that's you. You're the word on the pages. So the taking of the book is more than symbolism. It is more than just a type. It is a reality. Now watch whenever this crowd of beings are there and they're closing out this portion of the vision and they close it out with a burst of praise. Great accolades of praise and songs and they're worshiping together and John said they sung a new song saying thou art worthy to take the book. So every creature of the universe is going to enter into this harmony. So this is a hymn entitled to the Lamb. Now remember this song had never been sung before. It could not be sung in its reality until the bride is finished on the earth. Now how can they sang this tonight without me being there. How could they sing this 2,000 years ago, Harry, if this was fulfilled when John saw the vision? How could that be so? You and I wasn't even born again. We wasn't even on the earth. But there will come a time this verse will be sung in the harmony of all the ages when the saints of God are gathered around the throne of God. So in this hymn, they are bringing back to the glory of God's Lamb that which is worthy of. Why? Because of his sacrificial death on the cross. So he was born in weakness and he died in weakness but now he is the recipient of all power. Remember this is God's human representation of himself. Not another being, not another person, but God himself in a form of condescension. So he become the poorest of the poor and yet shared with us the riches of the riches of God. Oh, he owns all the riches of heavens. Yet when he come to the earth, he 
He didn't even have a place to lay, him, lay his head. Nothing that he owned in that sense. He was laughed at, made fun of, and ridiculed. But look how the tables have now turned once he's fulfilled his earthly journey. So he shared in the sinless weakness of humanity. Listen to that carefully. He shared in the sinless weakness of humanity. He did never sin, not at all. Not one thing wrong about him. No blemish at all. But he shared in the sinless weakness of humanity, but now he's standing there being glorified and praised. He become weary, but today he's being glorified. Now, on the earth, he was a very symbol of weakness. He was projected that way. Of course, we know that. He experienced humiliation and shame. And he experienced what the Bible says, cursed is he that hangeth on a tree. But now, look how it's turned all the way around, that the saints of God are now blessing. He became a curse for us that we might not only become a blessing, but he wanted us to stay there before him and us to be the ones that are now giving him honor. Can't you imagine what a day that's going to be, friends, when we stand there and render to our Lord this very thing. So this worship service is now climaxing with all of these redeemed saints praising the precious Lamb of God. So here then, now the, the voice, another voice comes and there was a, a big amen. Wow. A big amen man that was coming from what? Well, here are the redeemed subjects and they're praising and they're worshiping God and they're blessing the lamb and they're magnifying the lamb. And then there was a big amen that reverberated, a big loud amen. Now, the four creatures the Bible doesn't say they were singing, but they were saying amen. You know who they were amening? You. They were amening your song. They heard you sing and you were magnifying the name of the Lord and you were worshiping the Lord Jesus. Notice they are not worshiping. They don't even mention anything about him walking on water. They don't mention anything about him raising the dead, healing the sick. But notice what they're emphasizing. The Lamb of God, the Savior, the Redeemer. What are they giving praise to? It was not his miracles that redeemed me. Praise the Lord. We believe in his miracles, do we not? We believe in his healing. We believe in his great display of supernatural power. But that was not the means by which God chose to redeem my wretched soul. I had soul trouble. I had soul trouble. You had soul trouble. And I needed my soul worked on. So God made a lamb that had a soul that I could be a partaker of. Because every Old Testament lamb could not give its soul. It could give the chemistry of its life, which was the blood. But that never took care of man's soul problem. So what did Isaiah said? He made his soul an offering for sin. Oh, praise the Lord. Notice this now in Revelation chapter five, verse 10. And has made us has made us. Oh, we did not become this on our own. We didn't buy into it. We didn't pray ourselves into it. We didn't work ourselves into it. But we were actually made. This word made is appointed unto a certain destiny. Appointed, oh glory to God, appointed unto a certain place. Thou hast made us. Oh my. Unto our God, kings and priests. 
Now, I hope you're going to understand what I'm fixing to say. This is not everybody that is saved. Only the redeemed. Now, what is redemption? To buy back that which was lost. And Jesus come to seek and save that which was lost. And these people believed in election. <laughs> oh, glory. And has made us unto our God kings and priests. So whoever these people are, they are identified with the taking of the book. And once they saw the book taken, which was a part of their identity, remember in the Old Testament type, in the book of Jeremiah, also of course is the book of redemption we've been looking at in the book of Ruth, that there was two copies of a deed which was made. And one of them would have been kept by the legal authorities and the other would have been kept by sealed up in a jar as it was in Jeremiah. And there the two copies, once they're brought out, they must match. And God foreshowing that when you come to the earth, there would be a copy of his predestinated seed in you when you were born. And he would be the legal holder of the other copy. Amen. Now it would not be missing a word here or a phrase there, but both of them would say exactly the same thing. And then why? Because a person can make one copy for themselves. But you take one copy and you hold it legally and you register that, glory to God. And then the other, whenever it's found, which is what they did when they come back after the Babylonian captivity and they dug in around the temple there and they dug into the jars and they found the jars. And what was it? The title deed that Jeremiah had bought 70 years prior to this. And that's what happened to us one day without digging around, trying to find peace and trying to find this and that and the other and the Lord God let the jar of our humanity open up and it identified with a predestinated jar up there in heaven hallelujah and it recognized that it was the same thing and then something began to call you something keeps pushing me something keeps holding me something keeps dragging oh my when I would give up when you would turn back but something inside of you won't let you turn back something bigger than you something bigger than me something greater than the devil. It's greater than sickness. It's greater than hell. It's greater than torment. It's greater than the Democrats and the Republicans and whoever else. It is the plan of Almighty God and absolutely nothing will ever stop it. So listen what these people say. Thou hast made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. But it's also written in this same book of the book of Revelation, the rest of the dead live not for a thousand years. So this ain't all the saved. It's those who were made kings and priests. And they know their position. They're gonna reign. What? Honeymoon time. <laughs> Woo! Glory! of me the heathen for thine inheritance and I will give it to thee. That's when the heathen that's never heard the gospel will be raised up. That's when we will rule the nations with a rod of iron. The messianic fulfillment. Remember David, nor Solomon, nor any of the rest of the kings of Israel ever, not a one of them, ever 
never went from the boundary where God told Abraham, I'll send you from this river to this one over here. To this day, no king has ever claimed that total inheritance, but there's one coming. Hallelujah. He will reign from the river right over to the Euphrates. Who will it be? The son of David. And who will be there with him? You and I will by the grace of God. But the rest of the dead lived not till the thousand years were finished. Then I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and a book was open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead, both small and great, were judged out of the things written in the book. Who is that? It's not these people right here. They've done lived on the earth. Why would you give somebody a glorified body and then make them stand the white throne judgment? Listen to me tonight. If you're under the blood of the Lord Jesus, you never, you go through the white throne. You've escaped it by the grace of God. When our kinsman redeemer, glory, is handed the book, how art worthy? Thou art worthy. Now there's only one person here tonight that knows what's on this page right here that I just opened. One person. And why do I know? Because I opened the book. You're sitting there wondering. Well, you know it's a song book, right? But what is the song? I'll fly away, O glory. Beulah land. At the cross, at the cross. You could sit there and guess and guess and guess. That's why the seals had to come open to the ministry of a prophet. Because we guessed and we wondered and we guessed and we wondered. But then when God opens a prophet, he has a window into the supernatural and he can open them prophetic eyes and look right down and say, page 30 says, the lighthouse. Well, ain't that powerful. The lighthouse. And then page 31, the old time religion. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. So the lighthouse led us to the old time religion, which was what religion? That same thing that fell on the day of Pentecost. I ain't talking about 1906. I'm talking about about that original baptism of the Holy Ghost that come and lift our souls and set it on fire. Oh my. Notice when the kinsman redeemer is handed the book, the title deed. The title deed to the purchase possession. He has the right to break the seals and claim the inheritance and dispossess the trespasser. Praise God. Notice in Revelation 5.11, and I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beast, and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. Now here in the Greek, 10,000 times 10,000 is myriads of myriads and chiliads of chiliads. Woo! That is infinite or innumerable multitude. Praise be to God. Myriads and myriads 
ads and chili ads and chili ads. Oh my, amen. Infinite or innumerable multitude. The Jews speak of 906,000 millions, 906,000 millions of ministering angels that stand constantly before the Lord. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And every one of them is on your side. Yeah. Praise be to God. I'll tell you one thing. Why? Why in the world should we fear? No matter what comes our way, you've got all them, how many ever that is. You've got myriads. Next time the devil says boo to you, say boo back and join it with a little bit of moo, myriad. And boo, chili ad. And get out of my way, devil. You ain't stopping me. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm bigger than you, you might say. You might say, yeah, that's exactly right. But I've got myriads and myriads and chili ads and chili ads standing right here all around about me. You can't stop me. You can't hinder me. You'll never stop the program of God. You are defeated. Now notice what they were saying. Wow. So you've got the voice of many angels, beasts, elders, myriads and myriads, chiliads and chiliads, and this is what they're saying with a loud voice. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches. I don't understand folks that don't want to praise God. I don't, I don't know, you're talking about just going to church. No, I'm talking about every day of your life. You ought to praise him every day you live. I mean, you ought to praise him multiple times during the day. Church just shouldn't be where you turn on your praise switch. You should never turn it off. You should be hot wired when it comes to praise. Oh, glory. If you wake up at three in the morning, you wake up and say, oh my, well, praise the Lord, I slept till three anyhow. Praise the Lord, I might go back and sleep to sleep till five. Praise the Lord, I'm still alive. Praise the Lord, I've got heat. Praise the Lord, I've got air. You ought to praise him, oh my, during the day, during during the night, during the morning, during the evening time. Don't you understand what you're gonna do in heaven? Friends, where would those of you who don't praise him, where is your spot in the scripture? Can anybody show me? Can anybody show me where there was myriads and chiliads and all kinds of ads and they was just sitting there? I want you to listen. Saying with a prophet of God said, this is the quietest where you'll ever live there. Guy come to him one time and said, Brother Branham, I was enjoying your sermon so much till them people got to screaming and hollering, saying amen, said cold chills broke out all over me. He said, you sure don't want to go to heaven, you'd freeze to death. He said, because they're going to be praising, they're going to be worshiping God, they're going to be magnifying God. Where in the world do some of these message people get in their mind that praise is Pentecostal? 
Where did they get in their mind that praise and worship is only 1906 Laodiceans? This was written before 1906. This was written in 96 AD. I'll tell you, it even goes further back than just because God asked Joe, where were you? But I laid the foundations of the earth and the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy. When people try to get all bent out of shape because we praise God and want to blame it on Pentecost, it makes me realize how ignorant they are of the scripture. Praise is pre-1906 and it will be post-1906. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea. And can you imagine the birds, the bees, the flowers, the trees, the fish? Praise God. I hope you understand. The songbirds are praising Jesus. Brother Ram called them his radio. He loved to hear them. I do too. I love to hear them. And I got a bunch around my house and I absolutely love to hear them singing. Sometimes I join in with them. I listen to the little words. I've got one that I've called a Spencer bird for many, many years. Spencer, Spencer. He says that. Spencer. I call him a Spencer bird. And you go to listen to him and say, now why in the world would the Lord do that? You think they go around singing and one of the songs I'll sing you. You're not even on key. Why do they, they, they probably don't even know why they're doing it. But God gave them a song. They'll get out there and they'll just sing. Look. They ain't got nobody to pay their electric bill. They ain't got no water bill. They ain't got no cars. They, they, they get up in the morning and say, where in the world am I going to find a worm for breakfast this morning? Where in the world you imagine saying, oh man, I was going to sing this morning, but I'm so low down. I'm so blue. I don't know what in the world I'm going to do. Where am I going to find a worm? But they just start whistling and whistling and chirping and a singing and go to worshiping God. And the next thing you know, there's a big black worm and there's a big black bug and there's this and they say, glory to God. And they just go to sing and even more. Praise you, Jesus, for that good worm. Thank you, Jesus, for all your kind of, oh, it's a good thing we ain't a bird. It's a good thing some of us ain't a bird because we go, woozy, woozy, wow. Oh, poor little old me. I have such a hard time. (laughs) John said, They said blessing and honor and glory. The birds are singing that in bird song. The big whales that jump up out of the water and spin around and around and around. What are they doing? Worshiping God. Taking their big flappers and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Be unto him that setteth on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. Wouldn't it be awesome if the four beasts amen our song tonight? 
Wouldn't it be awesome if angels would feel so awed by the songs we sing to the Lamb that when we worship and we sing, the beasts can't sing these songs. Hey, they can't sing what we sing. They can't sing amazing grace. They can't sing I was blind, but now I see I was lost. They can't sing them songs, but they can say, amen, John, sing it. Amen, Donnie, sing it. Sing it, Phil. Amen, you were lost, you were blind, but he loves you so much, he saved you. I can't sing what you can sing, but I can say this, amen. Hey, oh, glory. And the four beasts said, amen. And the four and 20 elders fell down and worshiped him, but live forever. But now we come to a transition. While this is going to be going on in heaven, something has happened prior to this. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. Once you notice, he didn't leave on his own. He was cast out. And his angels were cast out with him. He don't want to be in heaven no more. Them holy rollers is all gathered up there. <laughs> and I heard a loud voice saying, in heaven, now, glory, now is come salvation. What a peculiar thing to say when the devil is cast out and then they're making this announcement, now is come salvation. What has salvation got to do with the devil coming down? Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Oh, wait a minute. So you mean there's going to be this rejoicing in heaven when the bride comes up, well, why wasn't this said when Jesus raised from the dead? Why didn't this voice take place when Jesus come out of the grave? This was the birth of the kingdom of God at his resurrection. This is the finale of it when the bride is called up. Look here, you think you're gonna rejoice when the rapture takes place? You ain't seen nothing yet. Heaven is going to be rejoicing when the saints of God walk down those streets of gold. Those angelic beings, those cherubims, all that great heavenly host of those myriads and ciliads of groups of angels that are there, and they're gonna be saying, now has come salvation. <laughs> Hallelujah. And strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his anointed one. For the 
loser of the brethren is cast down. I'll tell you one thing, brother, sister, there ain't much we can say about the devil, but this is one thing we can say about him. He is persistent, which accused them before our God day and night. Well, he can't do it no more. Why? Because the bride's done gone up. What's his point of accusation? Your humanity. For those of you that are born again, for the bride members that's got the token on their soul, he can't accuse the soul. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The soul already tucked in behind the veil, but he can still point his fingers, your humanity. You make mistakes, you fall short of the glory of God. Don't sit there and look at me like you don't. You know you do. We all do. That's our humanity. And he accuses our humanity day and night. But when the Lord replaces our body with a glorified body. There's nothing else to accuse. Hallelujah. Once the bride gets a new body, she's a candidate to be raptured. There's nothing else to say. Your new body says it all. Glory to God. Your new body. What do you mean, Brother Donnie? It says you are innocent. Notice this in verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. The believer's legal testimony has more authority in heaven than the devil's lying mouth. So he can say you're this and that and the other. Let him say all he wants to say. The thing is, what are you saying? His accusation is a bunch of lies most of the time. It's stuff put together and twisted around and this and that and the other. But what is your testimony? Oh, Brother Don, does that mean we need to have a testimony meeting? He didn't say in a testimony service. It's the testimony of your life. The prophet said he's the high priest of our confession. And confess and profess, he said, means the same thing. And he said he can only do for you in heaven as you confess it on the earth. So if you say, well, I'll never get no better. I'm sick. I guess I'll always be this way. He cannot act on that confession. But he said, you've got to say the right thing and God will make your body obey your confession. Amen. Amen. Why? Because there's power in our words. What is the object of their testimony? I'm good, I'm sweet, I'm so lovely, I'm this or that. You're a garbage bag like all the rest of us. You're full of our humanity and our shortcoming, but that's not my testimony. My testimony is I'm saved and I know that I am. I'm saved and I know that I am. I'm saved and I know that I am. I'm so glad I know that I am. I'm sanctified. That's my testimony. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm bright. I'm going in the rapture. That's my testimony. And God will make my body obey it. Therefore, rejoice, ye heavens. Wow. 
So let's take this now in context. So the accuser of the brethren's coming down, which means the brethren's gone up. The brethren's gone up, the accusers come down. They've overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word and their testimony. And then after they go up and he comes down, heaven has a time. <laughs> Notice what they're doing in heaven. Now here this voice is telling heaven's population, rejoice. <laughs> rejoice, ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Ah, oh, isn't it amazing? Rejoicing in heaven, but woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you. Friends, what we're seeing in our nation is nothing compared to what it's gonna be in the tribulation period. Most of us that's 30, 40 years old, we would have never thought we would have ever seen our nation of America come to the spot that it is. We would have never thought that our leaders from the White House on down would want to defund the police. We have got the highest rate of police officers that are retiring, the lowest rate of recruits into the police force that's ever been. Because they feel so oppressed, and it ain't just the mafia, it's the mafia in the White House, and Congress, and Senate. Come on, don't sit there and pout on me now. You know, if this would have been me and you years ago that had said some of this stuff, that would have locked us up in jail and threw away the key. But we've got our Congress people and our senators and our governors and our DAs and our mayors. I'll tell you what's wrong with them. Most of them is demon-possessed and full of the devil. Well, go ahead and preach, Brother Donnie. Why? Because America turned down God's messenger, but Russia will bring them another message one day. Uh-huh. Russia will bring them another message because they've turned down God's true messenger. Who would have ever thought that our country would be in the direction that it's going right now? That our people, oh my, Brother Louis read the request here the other day of a child that had went to school and was bit by another child in the school because that child thought it was a cat. And they were putting litter boxes in the school for these children to start using to use the bathroom. Friends, where are we? Our kids have gone insane. Why? They got insane moms and dads. They got insane people making the laws. Well, I wish somebody would preach with me. But this ain't nothing compared to what it's gonna be when the devil comes down. This one thing I know, I don't wanna be here. And I'm telling you tonight, I don't know what you've got to go through. I don't know what you've got to fight to get out of this world, but you don't wanna be here in the tribulation period. Oh, God, help us. For the devil is come down to you. Now the dynamics steps into the mechanics. 
The devil has come down unto you. Now notice what he has. You would think he's longed for this now for thousands of years, that he could finally become the incarnate king, but he doesn't come down with joy. He doesn't come down rejoicing. So I, I want to bring peace to the earth. I want everybody to be so happy. But he comes down so mad. You do understand one of the reasons he's still mad on it. You made it. <laughs> Why is he so mad? I mean, you think this is what he's wanted all this time, but you defeated him. The Lord Jesus through you defeated him. He could never keep you down. He got you down and he got back up. He got you down and he got back up. Every time he knocked you down, you kept fighting all that. You didn't know where it even come from yourself. And he come down and he said, I'm so mad. I'm, I'm so stinking mad. I'll tell you one thing. I'm looking for somebody to take it down on. He'd love to take it out on you, but you got your new house. <laughs> he used to aggravate you when you was in your humanity. He'd give you old migraines and stomach aches and this and that and the other, but he can't do it no more. Why? Because you had been fully redeemed and your body testifies that you are complete now. And he leaves out of heaven and he's so mad. I'll tell you one thing. I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna annihilate. I'm gonna destroy. And what are we gonna be doing, Brother Donnie? Enjoying our lovely time with our Lord. Meeting our loved ones, walking up and down them streets, rejoicing, praising God, sitting down having that marriage supper of the Lamb. Praise be to God. For the devil has come down having great wrath. Notice, he knows. He knows. He has but a short time. The devil being now divested of his power that he could deflect on the church. For 2,000 years he could torment her. He could persecute her. He could do all of that and now he can't do it no more. Don't you understand the majority of them that's gonna be left when she's gone is his own family. And they don't get along no way. But the sweetheart, God's apple of his eye, he hated her. He despised every person God ever loved and held dear to his heart. Satan hated them. You think you're something special? Well, the devil hates me, he's after me, he's after me. It ain't because you're you. It's because you're him. The scripture that says you're the apple of my eye, you know what that is, don't you? It's the center part of your eye. It's that part. You are that to him. He can't see without seeing you. He can't look without looking through you. Everything he looks at is through you. His purpose is through you. He busied himself, the prophet tells us in the church age book, through the Old Testament people of Israel. And they were nothing compared to you. You're the apple of his eye. Oh, he hates the saints. Now he hates humanity. Well, just because he hates. You realize a lot of the people give their life to the devil. He's their master. They're going with him to hell. They, he don't even love them. Show me anywhere where the Bible says the devil loves. 
Show me anywhere where the Bible says the devil is perfect love. No, he's a hater. He's a liar. Right? A rotten, contemptuous deceiver. And they will give their whole life to him. And then in hell, he'll torment them. Within this limited space, Satan knows I've got to do everything I can do. But my friends, that's only part of the story. You see, during this time of 1,260 days, the great tribulation period, he will do this. Revelation 12, 17, and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now this is after the rapture. Postlude. The rapture. But I want you to notice two categories of people on the earth after the rapture. Those which keep the commandments of God, Jews, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ, sleeping virgin. Watch in future homes. Just a little while will be summoned and the rapture will come. Just a little bitty group like Enoch will be taken up. Then the remnant of the woman see that keep the commandments of God, Jews, have the testimony of Jesus Christ, Gentiles, will be hunted down like dogs and give their life for their testimony. Wow. So they give their life for their testimony and the way you overcome was your testimony. Now you see, they are testifying. They're fully under the blood. They've accepted the Lord Jesus. He is my redeemer. But they despise the very way to get to full redemption and that is the word. So what do they do? They separate the Savior from his contract. They separate the Savior from his word. So they want to accept the person of the Savior to forgive them, to love them. In spite of everything they are, God accepts me for who I am. I mean, that's where the, you know, the homosexual thing is in the Christian church. You know, right now the Methodist church is going through a great division among them. And that is because some of the Methodists want to ordain homosexual pastors and lesbians and all that sort of thing. And some of the other Methodists don't want to do it. So they're trying to separate from them. I just read a document just the other day that, Someone had sent me whether the Methodist church was trying to pull out of that mess. And yet the Methodist mama was wanting to fine them so much for pulling away. So they still want to display the power of the whore church who they belong to. So they want to fine them for trying to pull away. No doubt there'll be some good people that will come out of those messes. Remember, they must come out of her before it goes into him. You see, her, the she, the church move is the mechanics. And as long as they're in the mechanics, there's mercy until it goes into him, which is the dynamics, the crowning of the book. Oh, you would say, well, I've got family in the Baptist church. I've got family. Pray for them that God will bring them out before they go into him. Once in him, they're lost. Come on. They find their name in the stalk book. They're finished. Because once she goes into him, then it comes from the whore of Revelation 17. Tell me, how can they be a whore of Revelation 17 and be a foolish virgin at the same time? How can you be a whore virgin? You can't be. 
So they have to come out. And some of them will. They'll never come to the message. They're not ordained to. But they're ordained to give their life for their testimony. They refuse to go into it. And there will be many of them that will stand there that day. And the Lord will look at them and say, well done, come in. But they will not be bride and they will not reign in the millennium with him and his sweetheart. Well, that ought to make you mad. That ought to make you glad. Notice this. The prophet said, now we find out also. Watch this in the seventh seal. We find out also that in the sixth seal, now being open, it was for a threefold purpose. And here was the purposes. The first thing was the sleeping virgin had to go through the tribulation period for purification. She had to be purged of her sins, of unbelief. and rejecting the message. This, she was done in the tribulation period when they wind up over in Revelation 7, between the sixth and seventh chapter. She had been purged, she had been given her robes. Now she's not the bride, but she's the church. It's the church, the pure people. Now watch how he categorizes these groups in the foolish virgin. The pure people that didn't have the opportunity maybe to receive the message. Now the first part of this, he said, it was people that had to be purged for their unbelief and rejecting it. Now here's a group of people that never had the opportunity to hear it. Well, Brother Donnie, I, I'm around the message, but I ain't proud, I'll tell you one thing, I'm going back out to the Baptist. I'll tell you what, Lot. <laughs> I'd rather hang around Abraham, even if I wasn't Abraham, than I wouldn't move to Sodom. Lot would have been a whole lot safer, ate a whole lot better, had a whole lot more protection. Well, come on, don't get quiet with me now. Don't you understand the Lord God saw there would always be this type from the very two boys in the Garden of Eden that worshiped? When the Lord God come to Abel by revelation and give him a divine revelation and told him how to do, what to do, and when to do it, and how to go about doing it. And then there stood Cain, which was not of the seed of God, and God in mercy come to him and said, why is your countenance fallen? He said, will not you be accepted if you do like your brother? Don't you understand? God give that, that, that being uh, an opportunity to be able to be accepted. What do you mean, Brother Donnie? All he would have had to do was went over to Abel and said, Brother, I don't see what you're talking about. I, I don't understand it, but I feel I should do what you're doing. Would you mind if I go out there and get one of your lambs? Would, you, would it be okay with you if I go out there and get one of your lambs and I'm going to bring it to God? I'm not doing it because I understand it, but I'm doing it because I've seen that pillar of fire. And you look at that word, whenever Abraham offered his sacrifice before the God and the great word there, the Hebrew word T-H-O-U-S-I-N and it was the pillar of fire come down the pillar of fire come down and landed on that altar and it licked up that ram that sacrifice, that lamb and licked it right up in the presence of God. Cain stood there with his eyes and saw God do that and he knew Lord have mercy, this must be something supernatural. Do you understand the story in the Garden of Eden would have been a whole lot different story if he'd have continued going to that message church? 
Well, praise the Lord. It'd have been a whole lot better. So I'll tell you one thing. Abel worships and screams and shouts and I don't understand all that sort of stuff, but I feel safe when I hang around him. I feel a whole lot safer when I'm here around where he is. Lot would have been the same way and said a lot didn't go to his pastor and ask him, look, Abraham, what should I do? Should I go to the left, go to the right? I don't know what to do. What should I do? But instead of doing that, he followed his wife's leadership. Well, praise the Lord. Look at all the mess it done. Look at all the sin that it brought. His own daughters got him drunk and laid with him as a husband and brought forth Ammon and Moab. Come on, children. Why, he would have been better off to stay around Abraham and said, well, I don't shout the way they do. I don't jump the way they do, but I feel like this is a pretty safe place to be. I think I'll just keep on hanging around. Oh my, notice, so some reject the message. And then some, the pure people that didn't have the opportunity maybe to receive the message, or in some way they were blinded by these false prophets and didn't get a chance. And they're really sincere. Uh Uh-huh, that's some of the people y'all work with. Now, some of the people you know and you just keep thinking, they're such good people. They're such good people. They're, they're so sincere and they're such good people. That's not what puts you in the bride. Praise the Lord. There'll be good, sincere people that'll miss the rapture. And to be honest with you, some of you, us, some of us ain't good nor sincere sometimes. But you know what makes your difference? Election. Esau was a much better man than Jacob was as far as looking at it until he got changed. Then once he got changed, he turned out to be a pretty good boy. Now notice, yet God knows their heart and they're purged during this time. How could anyone under the blood of the Lord Jesus which annihilates the very symptom of sin from their soul, how could a one of them ever go through the tribulation period How could God ever leave one under the blood through this time of hell on the earth? They're not under the blood. They think they are. Why accept Jesus as my Savior? That's only part of the story. If he accepts you, he gives you the token. It's one thing for you to accept him. You see, Abel didn't just accept God. God accepted Abel. And what was the proof? Fire. Thuison. Thuison. Come down and consumed his sacrifice. Oh, I accept him as my Savior. I accept him. I believe. I accept. That's your part. Then God turns around and says, now I accept you. So I will now come down and thuison your own nature. I will consume it. I will eradicate it forever. You'll never be lost again. You'll never be a sinner again. (laughs) Praise God. Let's stand. Wow, I feel like we've been to heaven and hell and back in one service. (laughs) Oh my. 
let's, let's look down there at uh, the fourth seal. Skip down there maybe a couple of quotes. Page, paragraph 304 there, or page 304. <clears throat> now we find out <clears throat> that this Satan, after being kicked out of heaven, yeah, kicked out of heaven. That's what he done to you. He kicked him out of you. He didn't say, please, devil, would you leave Dave alone? Please, come out of Carol, leave her alone. He just kicked him out. <laughs> After being kicked out of heaven, incarnates himself in the beast. Now remember, whichever pope it is that'll be here on the earth at this final climax, the prophet tells us the head demon will get in this pope. Why? The accuser is still in heaven. So the mechanics are all moving together on the earth until the bride goes up. When the bride goes up, him and the bride can't be in the heaven at the same time. Ain't it amazing? Him and Jesus can be there at the same time. Him and the elders can be there at the same time. Him and the cherubims can be there at the same time. But him and you can't be there at the same time. It shows how consumed he is against you. You are so against him, and he's so against you when you are there. He's total, a complete, total liar. It's proven. <laughs> you realize the prophet said he's still saying it. He's still saying it. I caused Adam to do this. I caused Moses to do that. They've been dead and gone for years. And he's still bringing it back up. And Jesus is still saying, I forgive them. I made them do this. And Jesus said, but I forgave them. What is it? We have an attorney on the throne. Lord, when are you ever going to see it? You don't have a judge on the throne. You have an attorney. Praise be to God. Notice, he is now a beast, antichrist, false prophet. Now the beast is given the name of death and hell follows him. Fully Satan on his throne. This is what the prophet calls when he preaches this in the seals, Satan's trinity. Satan's trinity. You see, as God is revealed in the form of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, so is he revealed. Did you catch that while ago when we read in the book of Revelation? The devil and Satan, that old serpent, well, he's revealed in a trinity. And there ain't three devils. There's only one. And what does he do? He comes down fully incarnate. Then he becomes on the earth in the Pope. And he'll make craft to prosper. Manufacturing. Sounds like we're going to need it with all the inflation we got going on. Y'all ever paid so much for a roll of bologna in your life? You ever paid so much for a drive through hamburger? Look at where we are. Don't you see? These things are not by mistake. They're not by mistake. The world needs a leader. Oh, some of you thinking it's Trump. Nah, it ain't Trump. You know it ain't Biden, but it ain't Trump either. What's it all setting for? It's setting for the final move of the Antichrist. The whole world will be so old and we need somebody to come and help us. Oh, we need this and that and the other. And Satan will say, here I am. Here I am. Even the Jews will fall for him. Oh, Brother Donnie, I'm so scared. I, I'll be caught up. Nah, if you're the bride, you won't be caught up in that. You'll be caught up in this. <laughs> You'll be gone in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Well, don't you love him? 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me read this to you in the fourth seal. Satan will incarnate himself because when the church goes up, fourth seal, Satan, the church goes up, Satan's cast out, it's done then. All of his accusing is done. Why? He ain't there accusing his own. He's there accusing God's. God's who? God's bride, not the 144,000. He can come to the earth and the 144,000 are going to be redeemed under the ministry of Moses and Elijah, but he don't have that big of a problem with them. It's that Gentile bride he hates. It ain't no wonder that the angels look at you and they ponder and say, what is man? What is man? That he would love them so much. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou crowned him with glory and honored him and made him a little lower than the angels and yet he consumes your heart, Adonai. The angels look at him and look at us and say, what is it about her that does that to him? <laughs> Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Oh, Jesus. I can't say that I understand it all. I can't say that I can fully comprehend it. But I know this. I believe it with all of my heart. I don't have a problem at all seeing why I love you. And seeing why I need you so much. And why I wouldn't want to live without you. Lord, if you spoke to me in the morning and said, Now, Donnie, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I won't be back till noon. I'd be afraid to go anywhere. I'd be afraid to get out. I'd probably just want to stay at home and say, Carol, Please, let's just stay here and let's just pray. Because I, I, I'd be afraid to get out there in that world without you, Jesus. I can see my need for you. But to hear your prophet say that you are not complete without us. And that we give you reason and purpose of being. You are the great eternal and you were when there was no molecules or atom or light and yet your purpose of being was not in existence yet. Praise God. No wonder it'll take eternity for you to reveal yourself. Lord Jesus, I don't just want your grace. I don't just want your gifts and your mercy. I want you. I want you. I love you. With all of my heart, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Can the redeemed, let's just worship him a little, shall we? Falling in love with Jesus. Jesus.
fallen in love with Jesus. Fallen in love with Jesus was the best thing I ever, ever done. Oh, glory. Sing it again. Falling in love with Jesus. Oh, yes. Falling in love with Jesus. This is the way I feel. In his arms, I feel protected. In his arms, never disconnected. Oh, in his arms, I feel protected. There's no place I'd rather rather be everybody now disconnected no no in his arms I feel protected there's no place I'd ever I'd rather be everybody together now falling in love oh falling in love with my Jesus falling in Just raise our hands and sing it now. Falling in love. Falling in love. Let's just raise our hands and close our eyes now in the presence of the King. Praise the Lord. Fall in love with Him. Fall in love with Him. Not, not in the form of fear or duty, but love. Falling in love with Jesus. Again, falling in love. Oh, falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with my Jesus. Falling in love 
the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. One night with the King. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, Brother Donnie, I, I don't understand how I can love him so. Well, John answered that for us. He said, we know that we love him because he first loved us. That's the reason you love him the way you do. That's why you cannot be a church member. Just go to church and, you know, just do whatever church people do. There's something in you that craves for more and longs for more. And you think that makes you special? It's because of the love that was projected to you. Oh, yes. Hmm. When little Ruth comes back to Naomi and she says... Who art thou, my daughter? Who art thou? Tell me now the mystery of your life. Why? She'd spent part of the night with the Lord of the harvest. And she had asked him to take his skirt so she eases up under his protection, laying at his feet, marked the place where he laid, not by his head, not by his heart, but at his feet. And she reaches up and pulls the garment over him, off of him, onto her. And then when he wakes up and realizes there's someone there, realizes it's a stranger, said, who are you? She said, I'm Ruth, Allard and dear kinsman. Spread your skirt over me. Your extremity, your wing, the border of your garment. That's why still to this day, in the ultra-Orthodox Jewish weddings, the man will take his garment, the hem, take it up and lay it around the woman's shoulders. He's taking his extremity of his garment, his wing, and laying it right over on the woman's shoulders, saying, you are now mine. I will protect you. Praise the Lord. Can we sing that one? One night with the King. Hallelujah. Changes every scene. This is how long it takes. One day in his courts, did forever change my course. Just one moment. In his presence, oh, I've never, never been the same. One night with the king changes 
praise every single oh, everybody praise the Lord maybe the night sure night oh one night with the king changes everything praise God just one day in his courts did forever change my course one moment in his presence thank God oh I've never been the same one night with the king truly changes everything do the verse let's do the verse from the desert to the king it had been my destiny to be chosen for such a time as this I didn't Come realities then I saw his face his love captured me oh one night with the king thank you Lord God truly changes Just one day in his course did forever change. 
must never, ever be the same. One night with the king changes everything. From the desert to the king. Let's do the verse now. So from the desert to the king, it had been my destiny to be chosen for such a time as this. I didn't know that all my dreams could become realities. Then I saw his face, his love captured me. our sister stands with this altar tonight and you see this request on her heart here for a family member Lord that is deeply troubled but as a body we join our faith together and command this evil spirit in the name of Jesus come away from this family member Satan Jesus Christ defeated you 2,000 years ago and he sent his church on the earth to do the same works that he did. We have no power on our own but we stand here as his representatives tonight and we call your bluff in the name of Jesus. Come away from this child. You tormenting spirit. Leave her in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. In the name of Jesus. May her have, may she have her moment in the presence of the King. May it be a life-changing moment. Granted, Father, we pray. We worship you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, we want to give you praise. We're still hearing wonderful testimonies of what you've done, Lord, here at the prayer line. Blood pressure that's been brought down. Sugar that's been brought down. People refilled with the Holy Ghost. Healings in their bodies. One thing after another after another. Why? Why? 
because you're a mighty God. We worship you here today, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father. Oh, how we long for the day, Lord, when we'll be gathered up to your house to see you so we can sit down with you at that table, Lord. May there not be a one of us missing. Lord God, I pray, may we be gathered there together as the great family of God. We love you now, Lord. Go with us. Bring us back Sunday if it be pleasing to you. We once again can hear from you and feast on your word, fellowship, and rejoice in your presence. Go with your saints now, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Let's sing it together as we go. Just one night with the King. Praise the Lord. One night, pick it up a little bit with the King. Changes every scene. One day in his courts did forever change my course. One moment in the King's presence, mm, I've never been the same. One night with the King. Bless you, saints. Love you in the Lord. such a time as this I didn't know that all my dreams could become realities then I saw his face his love captured me Thank you, Lord. Truly changes 